We've been doing a short series through Luke chapters 1 and 2, and we have seen the good news that Jesus, God's Son, is coming to earth, that He would be the promised Messiah, and that God was sending a messenger before Him to prepare the way for the Lord. And so this is great news for the people of God. This is something that has been long waited for since the time of Adam and Eve when God promised that the seed of the woman should crush the the serpent's head, though his heel should be bruised. And since the time of Abraham, when God promised that in him all the nations should be blessed. And so it is only fitting with such good news that throughout chapters 1 and 2 of Luke, we read some wonderful praises to God, songs of God's people. And we've come to the first one of those this morning. Now, worship and praising the Lord is a big topic. The question that we're going to to look at this morning and ask ourselves is, as we look at the Song of Mary, is the question, what is the worship that God desires? Scripture tells us that There is none like you, O Lord. There is none holy like the Lord. And that you shall worship no other God. Jesus put it this way when he was tempted in the wilderness. He said, it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And so scripture is clear that God alone is worthy of worship. But that begs the question, how does God want us to worship him? How do we approach this great and holy God? We read in John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, that, that the Lord, the Father, is seeking people who will worship him. So he is seeking out a people who will worship him, and it goes on to say, who will worship Him in spirit and truth. For God is spirit, and the people who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. That is to say that we must worship Him not merely outwardly, but with our whole being, our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. As as the law, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. So we love him and serve him and worship him in spirit and in truth. For how can one worship a God, a God in a way that is not true to who he is and what he has done? We're called to worship him in truth. And so we're going to look at the song of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and how she responds to God's Grace by worshiping the Lord. 
in spirit and truth. Specifically, I want to remind us of four things that true worship looks like, four things that true worship is. And that is that it is wholehearted, it is God-exalting, it is full of the Scriptures and the truth of God's Word, and it is humble. True worship is wholehearted, God-exalting, Scripture-saturated, and humble before the Lord. We're going to read uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. And this is the background to the Song of Mary. And within this, we actually have another beautiful praise. The praise of Elizabeth, who sings a, a song of praise and blessing. And so in verse 39, it says, In those days... Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah, and she greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. So, If you remember back to last week, Gabriel had come to Mary and given her this announcement that she would bear a son who would be the promised Messiah. And he'd also, at the end, he'd offered a proof. He'd said that Elizabeth was going to, she was with child along, six months along. And so Mary goes now to visit Elizabeth. And when... She greets Elizabeth. Elizabeth responds with this blessing. She proclaims that Mary's blessed and that her child is blessed. And she goes on to say that she herself is blessed to be in the presence of the mother of her Lord. And again, she says in verse 45 that Mary is blessed, that she's blessed for believing in the promise of God. Why are they blessed? They're blessed because the Lord has looked upon them with favor, because he has come or is coming among them. And so... Elizabeth proclaims at the end that Mary is blessed for believing God's promise to her. And like Mary, those who trust in God's promises will be blessed. I was reminded of Jesus' words at the, uh, after he had rose from the dead, speaking to Thomas. He said, have you believed 
just because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Mary had believed this before she had yet seen the fulfillment. She trusted in God in who he was in the word that he had spoken to her. And so she was blessed. And out of receiving the favor of the Lord in faith and trusting in his grace, she responds. She responds and she magnifies God, her Savior, with this song of praise. She responds with a worship that is wholehearted, that is God-exalting. And she comes to the Lord in humility. And this is how we too ought to respond in faith to God's grace, which he's shown to us and which we see in, in his word, in his promises. That we respond by giving thanks to the Lord. Verse 46 says, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And so we see that her praise was wholehearted. It was heartfelt. She magnifies God in her soul and rejoices in her spirit that God was her Savior. When I say that Worship was heartfelt or wholehearted. I mean that it was genuine. That it was sincere because she worshiped God and rejoiced in her spirit. That that is, it was not merely outward appearance or deeds or words. But the worship that comes from genuine faith in God. The 17th century English Puritan uh, Stephen Charnock wrote, Without the heart, there is no worship. It is a stage play, an acting a part without really being that person that we're acting. A hypocrite in the notion of the word is a stage player. He goes on to say, We may be said... uh, To worship God, though we lack perfection. But we cannot be said to worship God if we lack sincerity. Like Mary, our whole being must worship. We must mean the things that we say and do. They come from a heart of thanksgiving and faith in what God has done. It's a response to the Lord and his favor toward us. And so we cannot give only a part of ourselves as though that's ever enough. The gift of God is a gift that cannot be repaid, but is a gift to to whom we, we respond and we offer up all that we are to the Lord. Worship that is acceptable to God is to love him with all our heart, 
soul, mind, and strength. And so we ought to consider in what ways do I show my thanks to the Lord and my faith and my worship? Is it from the heart or merely of an outward action? First of all, Mary's worship was wholehearted. And secondly, her worship was God-exalting. It was not about herself. It was about the Lord. Let's read um, verses 46 to 56. This is the praise of Mary. In 46, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their throne and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. And so Mary then remained with Elizabeth about three months and returned to her home. Mary's focus was on the Lord, exalting him in all kinds of ways. She magnifies the Lord and her rejoicing is not in herself, but in God, her Savior. True rejoicing and worship comes only from knowing that God is our Savior and trusting in Him. To magnify something is to make its greatness known. And so Mary is making known, she is extolling, she is exalting the greatness of God above all else. And she does that in, in several different ways in this song. She emphasizes the works of God, the character of God, and the promise of God. We'll just look at those three things for a moment. Mary exalts God by emphasizing his works. She calls them mighty. And that he has shown strength with his arm, verse 51. She gives thanks for the Lord's merciful and mighty acts towards herself. For she says in verse 48, he has looked on the humble position of my servant. He sees me and he has acted. Verse 49 
he who is mighty. This almighty God has done great things for me. So we see that God has been gracious to her and now she expresses thanks for those things. Worship responds to God's grace by acknowledging his works, by acknowledging and giving thanks. And so she gives thanks for the Lord's work in her own life. And though she doesn't spell out what the angel Gabriel had said, no doubt that was on her mind, this great blessing that the Messiah should come, uh, that she would bear the Messiah. She gives thanks for the Lord's work in her own life. And she highlights that this is in keeping with God's practice. This is something that it's not just he did one time or for her, but he has helped the poor and the needy and brought down the proud all throughout human history. He's been working redemptively and showing his mercy. We see this in verses 50 to 55. And she gives, so we see that she gives thanks not only for God helping her, but for the fact that he is a God who helps the needy. She worships God not only for what he has done, but that he is the kind of God that does these things that are mighty and merciful. And so we worship God not only for acting on our behalf, but for acting according to his good and perfect character, his nature, and also for acting, as we shall see in a moment, according to his promises. Well, Mary emphasizes his character, no doubt you notice, especially that she praises God for his mercy. We see in this song of praise that God's mercy towards Mary is consistent with who he is and how he has acted to redeem people who are lost and broken and enemies of God. And so Mary says that his mercy, verse 50, is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Now, this has reminded many people of perhaps a familiar psalm, Psalm 103, where we're urged to forget not the benefits of the Lord, to not Forget these things, but to bless the Lord, O my soul. And in verse 17 of that chapter, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting towards those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. So God is acting mercifully towards those who fear him and recognize their desperate need for him. Those who do not think they need him, those who are proud will find that 
Their thoughts and their plans and their ways are, are scattered. In the end, but those who turn to him with fear and trembling and awe will experience the joy of knowing their God, knowing a God who acts mightily according to his mercy. A God who loves people, who is seeking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And this is the God whom we praise and we remember the character of God. A God not only of holiness, but of mercy. And so we exalt God for his mighty deeds, his works, for his character of mercy and love, and also for his promises. Mary exalts God and praises him that he's shown mercy and might by keeping his promise to Abraham. Verse 40, 54 and 55. He has helped my servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So God had promised that he would bless the world through Abraham and and Mary praises God that he continues to pour out his mercy to undeserving people. And though she doesn't here mention the fact that she would, was promised to bear the Messiah, no doubt she knew of how he was to come as the fulfillment of this promise that he would come to execute judgment and mercy and to rescue and redeem the people of God. So she praises God that he is continuing to, um, he's going to fulfill his promise as he has said. And as he has done from the very beginning, as he chose Abraham, God has been faithful to that promise. We read in Deuteronomy at the time that they were about to enter into the promised land for the second time after they had rejected God. God had shown mercy to them and led them through the wilderness, teaching them to follow him and to listen to his words. And so in Deuteronomy chapter seven, Moses is reminding the people of the work of the Lord, and he says it's not because of how great a people you were that God has done this, but it is because the Lord loves you and because he is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. That is why the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh. So we praise God that he keeps his promises. And Mary is seeing how not only did he keep his promise way back when, but he is keeping his promise to her today. And her son is the reason that we have hope today and can trust in the promises of God and give thanks.
because we know that no matter what the world looks like, God reigns. God came and he had mercy upon the people who were in need of him. So we might sum up Mary's praise by simply saying that she exalts God for all that he is and all that he has done for working mighty acts according to his character and according to his promises. So we are called to exalt the Lord for who he is and what he has done. And how do we do this? Well, we do this by knowing the truth, by remembering all the things that he has done, by seeing what he has done and is doing in our lives through the eyes by eyes of faith. No, Mary was, as all the Jewish people were, she was familiar with the word of God. She was perhaps familiar with Psalm 103. And there are many Old Testament praises that reflect um, the things that she is saying. The parallels in particular are striking to one passage in Scripture that I would like to take your attention to. I'm going to be comparing, so maybe you just want to keep a thumb in Luke 1, but... You could look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2 in the song of Hannah, this woman who was barren and wanted a son, and the Lord looked down on her, and the Lord uh, showed favor to her. The name Samuel, I believe, means the Lord listens. And so he listened to Hannah. In 1 Samuel 2, verse 1, Mary declares, My heart exalts in the Lord. My heart exalts in the Lord. And Mary, in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, says, My soul exalts the Lord. That is that same word magnifies. My soul exalts the Lord. Then in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4, we, and, and also in verse 7, we see this theme of God dealing with the mighty, breaking the bows of the mighty and strengthening the weak. While Mary says that he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. And then again, another parallel that is found is 1 Samuel 2, verse 5. And Hannah talks about how those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. While Mary tells us that God has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty-handed. Reminding us of the ways in which the Lord has has acted and continues to act. That he looks upon the humble and the needy. And that he deals with the proud according to their pride. 
Now, I don't know if Mary intentionally thought of Hannah's song, but regardless, we can see as we study the Word of God that her, her praises didn't come out of nowhere. They came out of a life of knowing the Word of God, knowing Him. And so this is consistent with what God has revealed to us about himself in his word. She Mary knew the word of God. She knew him as he revealed himself. And believing in that, she praised him. So our worship ought to be consistent with what God says. And as we come to know his word and, and uh, chew on it and just dwell on it, think about it. We come to know more of who God is and to worship him in truth as God desires. So Mary has shown that her whole heart is in it as she exalts God and as she draws on what she knows of the Lord from scriptures And finally, her worship was humble. And truthfully, we see this actually at the uh, beginning of her song. But I saved it to the last. But her worship was humble for in verse 48, she says, He has looked on the humble position of his servant. In exalting God, what happens? We are not on the pedestal on the throne. That is the, the error of pride, thinking that I deserve to be up here. But in humility, she doesn't say, look at me, I'm the chosen one, I'm blessed. She could have dwelt on that, but she rather acknowledges that it's God's grace, it's God's looking upon her, God loving her, that is what makes her blessed. And so it is due to nothing that she has done, nothing that she is, but what God has done and who he is. Humility is the key ingredient to heartfelt, God-exalting praise. You want to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, then it cannot be about us any longer. We need to come to realize that it is all of grace, that it is all because of Him. And so out of her heartfelt humility, Mary sang, about the Lord and praised him for his works, for his character, for his promises, because she saw that it was his work of grace in her life. And she gave thanks. Isn't that amazing how God worked in her life? That same God is mercifully working in our lives today. And it is all because of his grace that we can be able to say that we are blessed. It is 
by faith in him that we can say, I am favored, I am loved, and we give all the glory to him. God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. So is he going to find us seeking him or wandering around after other gods, mumbling and complaining in the wilderness instead of thanking the Lord for his gracious provision and faithfulness to us each day? God deserves our wholehearted praises. What hinders us from that kind of worship? Remember that God listens to the humble. That he loves those who are not full of themselves. That he loves those who seek after him. And he delights to seek after those who are weak and poor and lonely and in need and lift them up. The worship that God desires isn't us putting on a performance for God, but is us giving our whole self to him. True worship is wholehearted, God-exalting, Scripture-saturated, full of the Spirit and truth in humility, coming before the Lord and giving Him praise.